Welcome to Westside Podcast. Each week, we'll take a relevant topic under the microscope to see what the Bible has to say about it. You will gain tools and information you need to support your faith walk and build Christ-centered families in Kansas City and beyond. I'm your host, Troy Kennedy. Well, we are in an important uh, series talking about some very sensitive issues, and today is no different. At times, our conversation is going to be uncomfortable, perhaps, and we're going to be bringing up issues that are you know, hot and really important in our culture. And today is no different. Joining me for Tough Conversation Day is Pastor Randy Frazee as we explore what Jesus has to say about racial reconciliation. Absolutely. I, uh, and I want to just keep reiterating mm-hmm. that um, the, the church— uh, and, and followers of Jesus cannot uh, continue to ignore these issues just because they're difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with, uh, you know, for us, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and we're going to maybe have some family members coming in, under 10 mm-hmm. uh, people total. And uh, wow, people have diverse opinions in our family. And, and so the idea of ign- maybe maybe it's not appropriate around Thanksgiving. I mean, our family, uh, we've got them where, hey, you can think for yourself <laughs> and, and chit-chat about it and right. uh, walk away like old-school people respecting each other's differences uh, uh, and so we do have we do have family members with differences of opinion and so we'd like to chat about them but I think the key here is uh, is the church can no longer ignore them and uh, maybe it's not a, what we're trying to do the length of time we want to chat about it is not going to work on a Sunday morning maybe that's not the best venue for it right. uh, but we wanted to provide a venue Troy and I love working with you on this and the way God has gifted you and I want to continue to remind everybody that um, you know, we're not pretending like we know everything about it, but right. we're going to point you to trusted sources, and you're going to do that in a little right. bit on this particular topic as well, and we'll link everybody right. to, in them in the show notes. And then also that uh, we're really trying to rise above mm-hmm. all of the muck and mire underneath, all of the right. humanness kind of thing, and take us right up to, to God's Word, right. and to remind the folks at Westside that a driving value, one of our seven driving mm-hmm. values called the Bible, God's Word, yeah. we live and die by it. So we believe the, the mm-hmm. Bible is the Word of God. And has the right to guide our beliefs and actions. And so, um, if you disagree with this, it's because uh, you really don't like the Bible very much. <laughs> right. And uh, we also hold, and we'll talk about this in a moment, um, in and in the Book of Genesis, uh, how that we still have to be held accountable uh, for how we interpret the Bible, mm-hmm. and that there's been epics, uh, right. seasons uh, where people have used the Bible to say what they wanted sure. to say. And so we're not above that. Right. And uh, so be like the good Bereans who check the scriptures out to make sure these things are so. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to lay that as a foundation yeah. Yeah. and super, not only super excited about this particular topic, but super passionate about it and bringing a Christ-centered response. And we're not the only ones right. that are uh, that are wanting to do it. Matter of fact, you might even shout out uh, you know, some of the sources that yeah. you went to and uh, mm-hmm. and link people to those sources. Well, uh, first of all, as always, I mean, our, our primary source is the Scripture. You know, uh, the more our culture gets away from being centered on, on God, the more chaos you have, mm-hmm. the more that the, the target moves, the more of a roller coaster our society becomes. And this, this is no different. So we're not going to claim to be experts on this stuff. We're going to some people who have some authority to speak mm-hmm. on these things, whom yeah. we've learned from, but also doesn't invalidate the fact that we have experience and we have relationships that yeah. are all across the board. So um, one, of the, one of the books that's been really helpful for me as I've kind of studied about this is by a guy named Miles McPherson. Okay. He's in San Diego, California, which is where I'm from as a, as a high school kid, mm-hmm. and his church has been there for a really long time. And, and Miles is actually a mixed-race guy. He is, uh, he is part 
uh, black, he is part white, he is part Chinese, I believe. Yeah. And he was actually, he grew up in neighborhoods where he got picked on from everybody. Right, right. He got abused from all sides because he wasn't black enough for, for you know, his black friends. He wasn't white enough for his white friends. He, he had a lot of tension in school. Then he, as he grew up, he became a professional football player. And got all kinds of credibility yeah. doing that. So, um, and he came to Jesus later on. Has been pastoring a church in San Diego for like thirty years. Yeah. A really remarkable guy. So his book is called The Third Way, and we will uh, link that in our description. And also another wonderful guy is named Tony Evans, a, a black pastor in the United States who has a book called Oneness Embraced. Yeah. And the wonderful thing, thing about Tony is. His book is so just grounded in scripture. Yeah. It is just, he's not pulling from any external sources. He is just mm-hmm. staying true to what the scripture has to say. And his whole message is like, the, look, the only way to solve division is through unity and through healing and reconciliation in the name of Jesus. And yeah. so, and I think that's really what drives you and I here today. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I can vouch for those two sources, particularly <laughs> Tony Evans. He was a professor of mine at Dallas Seminary, oh, uh, the junk yeah. professor, because he's always been a pastor in the Dallas area. Right. And the good news is we can link you not only to the to the book, right. but uh, if you're a Westsider, uh, you have access to, it's either Right Now Media right, right or now Study. Media. Get, yes. Right Now Media, we can link it to you. You can actually watch the mm-hmm. video it might be something that your A2 group, small group, right. family might want to do. And you'll one, you'll be very entertained. Yeah. The guy is really gifted. If you look in your recommended resources on Right Now Media for all you Westsiders who are already in an A2 group, you can go on there and look under the racial reconciliation category. Yeah. And his Oneness Embraced videos are linked there. And they're all like 11 to 12 minutes uh, a piece, yeah. really easy to watch. Very smart, really sharp guy, and really easy to process together as a community if you want to go ahead and take advantage of that. That's great. That's great. Great. I'm glad we're, we're drawing people back to those resources because you could yeah. consume those pretty quickly by yourself, but you might want to consider having your A2 group uh, gathering yeah. uh, people and have a good discussion around it. It will yeah. create some good discussion. Yeah, it's really wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you've experienced racism as an individual. Maybe you've been the target of racism. Maybe you've been someone who... Uh, has been blamed for things that happened in the past and you don't feel like that's fair. Maybe you have uh, friends who have been experienced racism and even in 2020, you know, my wife and I, I remember going to the ball fields here with, to watch our boy play. And one of our friends we're sitting with was getting literally getting the stink eye from some men in the stands and because she was black. Yeah. And I, I was just, I couldn't do the math that, 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. that's still possible. Yeah. But racism is real, yes, and it's yeah. a real experience for a lot of people. And for us to just play it off, it's like as somebody else's problem when it is a real issue and it is in the church. So if you're trying to recover from the shame of being the target or even a perpetrator of racism of some kind, um, we're trying to help you give some resources and some framework for how to deal with race-based hate, resentment, and maybe a fear that you might have in your own heart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, And so we want to start off with that sort of empathetic Mm -hmm. acknowledgement that it still does exist. And it's not Mm -hmm. just, as as you mentioned with the model of McPherson, it's not just 
a, a white to black issue. Right. Even within the black community, it's different colors of shades different of skin. Shades, and yeah. we might talk about that a little bit later. And mm-hmm. and so it's it, you know, someone said it. Yeah, I think we mentioned it in the critical theory. It's not really at the end of the day. And I think Evans would agree with this. It's not really a skin problem. It's a sin problem right. at the very root of that. And when Christ has his way with us, uh, something beautiful happens. And we're going to end mm-hmm. talking about what we're we're currently doing as a church to put sort of uh, shoes, uh, you know, sh- sh- yeah. you know, the, the putting uh, our shoes on on this right. thing, you know, and uh, and uh, and really taking it to action. So that's it's, it's very, 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 very true. So, well, there's a couple of foundational truths we just kind of want to land on, and Randy's got a ton of just sort of scriptural mm-hmm. support to point you to. One is that we are all made in the image of God. Mm. All of us, every human being, we're all made in the image of God, but God didn't make us as to be bricks either. You know, we're not all identical. We all have different proclivities and different temperaments and different interests. And so God made us beautiful variety of people. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, intrinsically, our value comes from what he has said about us made in his image. And then secondly, the church should reflect that reality, the diversity Mm -hmm. and the beauty of the variety of people groups uh, in the kingdom of God, that all nations will be gathered in unity under the name of Jesus in heaven. And so those two things are fundamental to what we're going to talk about. One, you're made in the image of God. That guy was made in the image of God. That girl was made in the image of God. And then ultimately, the church united in Jesus under his name we're going to see all of that beauty and variety on the other side. Yeah, one of the prayers I have every day, uh, well, not every day, when I when I do my jog to kind of take away the pain of the jog <laughs> is I rehearse a, a number of a truths and that, that mm-hmm. concept that all people are loved by God, so therefore I should love them too. Right. And by the way, I'm not always that lovable myself, and what a gracious act when someone chooses to love me regardless of the color of my skin, the froibles mm-hmm. of my temperament, and all of that, and, uh, and, and getting in that humble position. So yeah. that's, a, that's a great, great thing. Yeah, <laughs> good, good foundational stuff, the image of God mm-hmm. and, uh, and our destination. So yeah. uh, how we were made in the beginning and how we're going to end up at the end right. is a good foundation for this. If you don't get anything else in this podcast, that's a good framework if you only right. have an elevator speech to give to yeah, somebody. you just got a couple of points to yeah. hold on to. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. a good place to start. That's yeah. right. Well, you want to dive in? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. if, if you want, I don't, I don't, I mean, you got a really good p- p- uh, plan here and, and we want to make sure that it's coherent, you know, right. for the people that are listening. And I have chatted with several people who are having a good time listening to this. And these mm-hmm. are not like 10 middle, 10 minute sound bites, you know, right. uh, these are usually just shy, just shy of an hour. So we mm-hmm. want to kind of hold to that and people are having to listen to them in several segments, but yeah. they're, but they're diving in and, uh, and yeah. getting some meat. Well, these are complex issues, yeah. and, and to ter- try and you know just give you a couple of sound bites, it really trivializes yeah. the gravity of these things, especially when you have people that you know that you love who have experienced these kinds of things or you've experienced it yourself. There's no sound bite that's going to... Um, you don't want to uh, diminish it by oversimplifying it. Right. And at the same time, there are some fundamental principles like we've already talking about that are good handles for us to just lean on and go, okay, I don't, I'm not sure I understand all the nuances of this, but I know I'm going to follow Jesus into right. the spaces that he would go. Yeah. And I think that's really mm-hmm. where we want to land. We want to get a vision for Jesus' vision of the kingdom, and then how do we operate within that? Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Hey, can we start with this Genesis passage? Yeah, I mean, please. not start, but like, because one of the questions, uh, you know, is going to be how in the world in uh, the history of even just America have Christians right. fallen with 
a sense of justification on the side of mm-hmm. of racism and uh, particularly uh, uh, white over black right. and uh, in, and the passage of scripture that is oftentimes used I don't know of anybody who would look me in the face and and not put a grin on it you know that they would mm-hmm. still use it today but it was used mm-hmm. quite a bit matter of fact we talked earlier it was used uh, for the genocide in Rwanda right. uh, this exact passage of scripture was used as sort of justification and it comes out of Genesis chapter 9 and I'm going to read uh, 9 uh, chapter chapter 9 verses 24 and verse 25 it says when Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him he said cursed be Canaan the lowest of slaves will be uh, he will be to his brothers mm-hmm. okay and so uh, the uh the, the story is they, they've come off the flood mm-hmm. uh noah has built a vineyard he's gotten drunk and he's lying naked in his tent and ham one of his three sons enters into the tent and mm-hmm. and, and 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 gazes on his nakedness goes back and gets his brothers uh and uh, and and brings them in but they right. they refuse to uh, look at their dad and they and they walk in backwards, you know, with a with a cloth to cover him, which is the honorable thing to do, right? right? And so when uh, Noah, you know, comes uh, g- gets sober again and realizes, you know, what uh, Ham has done, he says, "Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves." And um, some people believe that Ham of the three sons was more had a darker pigmentation, right. and that this was therefore a a cursing of God on the dark skinned race to right. be slaves over the other two brothers, which represented the other races. And uh, so that's where people have have used mm-hmm. this passage of scripture. And we've got a lot of things to say about it. But just staying in Genesis chapter nine, a couple things right. we'll say is number one. Uh, 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 number one is not. Uh, it's not Ham who's being cursed, but it is his son Canaan. Yeah. And uh, many believe that Ham's offspring included not only Egyptians, Libyans, Ethiopians, but also the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. And the Canaanites were actually uh, a, the group of people that Israel took the land, uh, the, the promised right. land from years right. ago. And, and so it's not Ham that's being cursed, right. but it is in fact C- Canaan, the son. The, number two, it's not God that's cursing. Uh, uh, even Canaan, it's Noah uh, right. that's cursing his son for what he's done right. to him. And uh, so, how much stick does that have? That doesn't have a lot of stick because I <laughs> you try to curse me right now, right? If you want to, you don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. You're gonna walk around fine. because, as you said, yeah. you know, my identity comes from here, and right. and no one can curse me, right? You know, because I am been bought by the blood right. of Christ, and so and and I think it's really so. I think those are some things that are extremely interesting, and it, even this the concept of race. Uh, in the Bible, uh, referring mm-hmm. to skin color is just simply not a concept or a notion right. that the Bible really uh, teaches about. There are there are different tribal groups and people groups, but mm-hmm. you know, looking at the Bible at the word race as it relates to skin color is just something that right. was uh, not really uh, a, a topic. Yeah, it wasn't emphasis. You look throughout, like even like the genealogy of Jesus, and and they typically say you know the sons and daughters of Ham mm-hmm. or his ancestors were people who were more melanated. They were mm-hmm. probably black people mm-hmm. and you have people like Rahab and you have people um, gosh there's an, I'm trying to think there's so many you have the Ethiopian eunuch there are so many people that you knew throughout scripture were from that bloodline and at the same time scripture really doesn't say a lot about what color they were that's exactly right we just happen to know what their background is based on uh, the genealogies yeah I think if um, and I, I think from this we we know that we're and, and as we get into this we're going to talk about mm-hmm scriptures from the voice of God mm-hmm. 
that is going to trump any interpretation you have of Genesis right. chapter 9, even though I think we've properly debunked it uh, as, right. as, a, as a justification for any type of mm-hmm. issue of slavery amongst the black community. But we got to be reminded uh, mm-hmm. that there are uh, good-thinking people who in America who use this verse right. uh, to show um, – prejudice against the black community right. and we need to be reminded that the, the we believe the bible is the word of god but that we sometimes don't interpret it correctly mm-hmm. and um and we need to be we know that that's an incorrect interpretation right. of the scripture but we have to be careful and ask ourselves the question what are we doing with the bible today to interpret right. interpret it to to get it to say what we want it to say well and it's so indicative of the way man is and you can take anything and pervert it or uh, diffuse it to to mean what you want it to mean. You know, people have taken every kind of ideology you can imagine Mm -hmm. and turned it into a a reason to justify their violence, to justify their injustice, you know, and to say why we we have the opportunity to other a certain group of people, whether it be the Jews, whether it be, you know, the way the Japanese and the Koreans and the Chinese have had problems, whether they're South American communities, whether we talked about Rwanda earlier, there's always some way to rationalize some ideology for the sake of your own agenda. Mm-hmm. And people have done that with scripture for a, mm-hmm. for centuries. I mean, even in Christendom. Absolutely. You look in Europe and you have the guy, I think we said this before, but if you're trying to convert someone at sword point mm-hmm. to Christianity mm-hmm. that has the name Christ in it, Mm -hmm. you're obviously missing the point of the man who said you would be the greatest among you would be the servant of all. So people get distanced from Jesus Mm -hmm. as the interpretive center of scripture and you can rationalize all kinds of stuff. And and you can mobilize a large group of people because it's been done Uh over the centuries by tying the movement that you're behind, it's your movement, uh, that God is on your team, God is behind you, God is wanting you to take out these Mm. people, God is wanting you to hate them, wanting you to exterminate them, them. and people have done that all the time. So uh, there's been a lot of things that have been done in the name of the Christian scriptures that are not right. Well, and now people do that not just... You know, because Christianity is kind of becoming a post-Christian culture. It's kind of coming out of vogue. But people are taking things like uh, critical theory, Mm -hmm. and they're using that as a rationalization, Mm -hmm. as a framework to other people. If you haven't watched our episode on critical theory, it was episode two, I believe. And you could go back and get a little bit more of a background on what we're talking about. But fundamentally what it does, and you'll see this in our own culture, is it divides people into oppressor and oppressed groups. Mm -hmm. The issue Mm -hmm. with that is... Is in order for it to survive, there always has to be an other. Mm-hmm. There always has to be an oppressor. So it's by nature it must divide people, yeah. right? And as it divides people, mm. that's its energy. That's how it catalyzes. Mm. You know, well, those people did that to us, and this is how we rally the troops. This is how we energize the movement. And then once they've kind of fell in, fallen out of order, we have to find another group. To Otherwise the movement dies. Right, yeah. So you have to find someone else to other. Mm-hmm. And so now you're starting to see rationalizations like uh, brown complicity and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And now they're talking about the Jews as being having grandfathered into whiteness. And now, so because the Jews are white, they're actually saying things like this, that the Holocaust is just another example of white-on-white violence. Yeah. So... You must be very cautious that these you can rationalize anything to suit your end. And if you have something that feeds on division, right? If if CRT or critical race theory wants to make people into tribes, mm-hmm. yep. right? And what do tribes do? 
Mm-hmm. They fight. They fight. Yeah. They always fight. They're always yeah. competing. In the name of Jesus, though, Jesus try, is trying to detribalize everything. Yeah, and and, and and let's bring up a couple of scriptures mm-hmm. on that because, and I just want to encourage you um, that 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 are listening, maybe watching, that this critical race theory can sometimes blow your mind. I had to actually listen to it like ten times to actually get the nuance right. of how they flip flop things. Because mm-hmm. if you're just listening. It sounds like, wow, we're against oppression and all of that. But right. then you realize what they're doing. It is literally, fundamentally, 180 degrees a flip-flop of what Jesus is trying to accomplish. Right. And certainly people like uh, Martin Luther King and Miles McPherson and Tony mm-hmm. Evans, you know, who are all African-American, uh, you know, see the difference between a Jesus-centric right. uh, strategy for bringing unity and harmony uh, over this mm-hmm. critical race theory. So a couple right. a couple passages mm-hmm. of scripture. Let's just let's get them out. If you're if you're uh, not on a run or or something like that, you can go back on the show notes and write these down. But I want you to, I want to make sure that folks that are listening to this have some some great scriptures. So let's talk about. Oh, okay. I'm going to go to the first. Well, let me just do them in order here that I have them in my Bible. So Galatians three uh, twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this is the one that trumps all of them. Uh, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither right. slave nor free. There is neither. There's no a male nor female for we are all one in Christ Jesus if you belong to Christ you then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise that's uh, that's pretty clear right there uh, and then uh, the one that I think is probably one of the best is Ephesians uh, 2.15, and this is this new humanity mm-hmm. kind of thing that's coming up. And it's, uh, uh, Paul writes, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Yeah. And so so this, there's, a, there's not this tribalism, but actually there's this one new humanity uh, and in that one new humanity, skin color stays diverse. Right. Our unity is found in Jesus Christ. Right. Okay, so let's go to First Peter chapter two and verse nine. The, in some translations, it's the only time you'll see the word race uh, right. uh, used, and, and without referring to actually a running Olympic race. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are a chosen race or right. a chosen people, a mm-hmm. royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And here he's referring to this, again, this chosen race, mm-hmm. which includes people who know Jesus, right. regardless of their skin color. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's a beautiful picture there. And then uh, I, I also wrote down, you know, the, the Ethiopian eunuch story in Acts chapter 8, just a reminder uh, right. that this is a beautiful example where it's very clear the Ethiopian has got dark pigmentation right. and Philip is coming along the road and baptizing him and uh, he sees him as now a fellow brother in Christ with zero distinctions, you know, right. uh, in him. And then the, the, then the one that you refer to, uh, you refer to in the notes is Revelation 7-9. I also refer to Revelation 5-9, which is our destiny, uh-huh. right? Uh, which says, um, Revelation 5-9, this is the end. and We're in the new kingdom. Right. We're in the new kingdom. And uh, and this is after the resurrected body. So we're not mm-hmm. just spirit beings now. we got resurrected bodies. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood uh, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. 
and uh, in our resurrected body, that sense of all of these right. tribes and language and people groups are mm-hmm. not fighting and separated, but they're brought together right. and they're all singing a song mm-hmm. uh, to the one Savior. And so then, you don't see sameness, nope. right? <clears throat> you see oneness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's God didn't suddenly uh, diffuse all of their ethnic differences or their skin colors or yep. their histories or their cultures. It was the beauty of those things pulled together in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And so we want to we embrace and celebrate those differences, right? Unity is oneness of purpose, mm-hmm. not sameness of being. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the concept I used to always hear, which I liked at first, but it's really not accurate. God is colorblind. No, he's not. Yeah. God loves this rich diversity. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and when you have the love of Christ, love of God within you, then that love is going to pour out. And uh, there's just something so interesting right. and beautiful about the diversity. Can you imagine if there's yeah. only one kind of flower or one kind of animal? <laughs> just the, mm-hmm. the people who are bird watching, I was like, it's the same one we saw last time, Margaret. You know, Not another swallow. Another swallow, you know. <laughs> and the same kind of diversity, you know, yeah. if, you know, uh, if th- that same kind of diversity exists within our skin colors and our mm-hmm. looks and our temperaments. And a person who has a love of God in them finds it just to be unbelievably fascinating as opposed to a a place of creating tension and tribalism and being against each other. Well, in Jesus in John chapter 17, he has what's called the high priestly prayer. Mm -hmm. And you know that Jesus has this in mind. You know, because he has people, he has all these different people. Jesus was the great equalizer, where yeah. people were women, were second-class citizens, he was raising them up, where children mm-hmm. were basically like, weren't even considered to be people until they were old bring enough to survive to on their own. Mm-hmm. He says, bring him on. He talks to the, the tax collector who's up in the tree that all the Jews hated. He talks to a Samaritan woman who they really hated, yeah. because not one, she was a Samaritan, and two, he shouldn't have been talking to this woman at a well. Yeah. Jesus was constantly breaking past human boundaries because that's, for the sake of be, unity. Because that same type of um, tribalism and mm-hmm. racism, or whatever you're going to call it, existed back then yeah. in the times of Jesus. And Jesus as our leader broke beyond all of that right. having Zacchaeus he didn't just call him out of the tree in the midst of the crowd he no. he, he declared him to be a son of Abraham you know which was like oh, you got to be kidding me right. and then he then he said uh then he and he went and had had, it went into his house and ate with him. Right. And then, how about this one? Uh, the Good Samaritan story. You know, so yeah. they're asking, they're trying to trip Jesus up. You know, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And they were trying to get Jesus to say, you know, my neighbor is the person who's like me, mm-hmm. who looks like me, smells like me. He's Jewish, right. believes what I believe, yeah, eats what I eat, is a man. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. it was that man. That, that that you know, the the table fellowships uh, in the Jewish community and right. the Greek community, the men. You know, were separate, right. and you had to be right. invited into these fellowships. And there were table, there were ta- you know, there were there were nameplates, and you were sat, you were sat uh, in order of your priority and importance. Right. And the further away you were from the host, the the further you know distance right. you were, and you know, and so th- that whole community worked that way. And so they were trying to trip Jesus up, like who is my neighbor? And he turned it around and uh, to an- ask the question, who proved to be a neighbor? And they hated his solution to this because right. this guy that was beaten and left for dead and robbed along the side of the road the priest you know mm-hmm. the ones on the upper end of right. the of the pecking order of yeah. superiority bypassed them you know the jewish mm-hmm. religious leaders and the associate pastors they would say mm-hmm. but the one who helped them was a samaritan man who was a half-breed oh, and jesus goodness. is just ticking them off right, right and left but that's who our founder is that's mm-hmm. who our savior is that's right. who our leader is he was busting through uh, these kinds of prejudices right. back then, and we need to today, right. uh, and that's why we're having this podcast. Well, and if anyone could be viewed as an oppressor, it would be a Roman centurion. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, right. And Jesus calls this Roman centurion, and and says, and the centurion says to him, "Hey, you know, I've got I've got a servant who's dying. Uh, if can you heal him?" And Jesus said, "I'll come to him." And say, "No, no, no, you don't have to come, because I'm not worthy to have you come on my home. If you just speak it to him." I know he'll be healed because I'm a man who knows how to command him. I know that you can command it. And Jesus praises the Roman oppressor. Oppressor, yeah. The occupying force. Might have been, might as well say like a a leader in Al-Qaeda. Yeah. Who is occupying the land and he praises him for his faith. He said, I've never found such faith in all of Israel. Jesus is the great unifier above all things. And he prays in John chapter 17. Jesus says this, my prayer is not for them alone, talking about his disciples. But I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, mm-hmm. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, as Jesus and the Father mm-hmm. are unified, mm-hmm. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete yeah. unity. And then the world will know that you sent me. And I have loved them even as you have loved me. I mean, what greater testimony to the world than the unity of the body of Christ? Yeah, yeah. That we would that we would mirror the kind of uh, respect and adoration and mutual joy of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I mean, that's the call of God on our life. And it was intended to not be this segregated fellowship. It was not intended to be that. I mean, uh, the the the. uh, the, the church was intended to be made up of men and women and children, of Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free, and um, and there's just a beauty there. It was the, it's yeah. one of the only organizations, you know, 2,000 plus years old that has it at the very right. foundation. Uh, you know, our community is not just the uh, the means to an end of discipleship, but community is an end in itself, you know, just right. our, our oneness as a community, because we were built for relationships, yeah. and uh, and that relationship is to cross these tribal boundary lines and all be united in Christ. I think it's virtually impossible uh, for humans, uh, even of sameness, to be together in unity apart mm-hmm. from Christ. Then you add diversity to it, wow, there's just no hope, right? But in Christ, <laughs> this is the vision of Jesus, right. and it will come about. Uh, in Revelation, Five and Revelation seven. This is not a a hopeful, you know, wishful thinking. This will come down, and it will be for those who have the one thing in common, and that is is that uh, regardless of their skin color, uh, they were covered by the red, crimson blood of Jesus. Uh, Tony Evans gives this really wonderful example. Uh He talks about mayonnaise, and (laughs) I didn't hear that one. Yeah, and he says in mayonnaise you got you got three things. You got oil and water. And eggs. Now, you take oil and water and you put them together in a bowl or in a cup and they immediately separate, right? Mm-hmm. They just, you can't, no matter how hard you stir it up, no matter how hard you try to force them together, that they're going to separate every single time, mm-hmm. right? So there's no way the oil and water are being unified. But when you put the eggs in, the egg acts as the emulsifier. Uh-huh. And when you, you mix the eggs in with the oil and the water, it all comes together. It all becomes a new thing. It becomes mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. And Tony likes his mayonnaise. <laughs> and the ex- he, what he's trying to say is Jesus, the blood of Jesus, is the great emulsifier. It's the mm-hmm. thing that takes mm-hmm. what has been divided, what has been separated, what has been wounded, what has been hurt, and he binds it together yeah. into the new man. That the two humanities become a new humanity. And Jesus, and what Tony is saying here is if you abandon the cross... You don't get unity. That's right. 
you have to be united under the work, the reconciling work of Jesus. Yeah, that is beautiful. Leave it to Tony Evans to <laughs> have me emotional about mayonnaise. <laughs> mayonnaise. I'll never <laughs> eat a sandwich the same way. <laughs> I never will. That's so, such a spiritual thing. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, another example he gives is a football team takes the field and he says, you know, their humanity stays intact, but they're covered in another uniform. Right? They have oneness of uniform. They mm. have oneness of purpose without denying their humanity. And they've got all these different functions and these different tasks amongst them, but the uniform identifies them and overrides any differences among them culturally or racially. Yeah, and I like that one um, because it's that the, they're, they're all working toward a particular goal, which is the goal line. Right. And uh, it's, a, it's a missional community that is not undermining the diversity but it, it all wraps them in the cross of Christ and moves them toward the gold line, yeah. which is, that works for me. So, you know, you, you can share this with us. You know, Westside is trying to actively be a voice for unity yeah. in Kansas City. What yeah. are the kinds of things that are going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about two things uh, to, to, to you guys. And some of you have heard this, and we're going to, and it's going to get, it's getting really, really close. And I think the idea here is that we want these podcasts to be stimulating intellectually and mm-hmm. biblically and all that, but we don't want just to be words. We want to actually, uh, we don't want to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word only. Yeah. So there's two things that are that are coming up. And I know you had an experience with this mm-hmm. with this, this first one that's, uh, that we're talking about uh, for Lent of 2021, yeah. uh, which is uh, basically a six-week period starting with Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you come from a liturgical or Roman Catholic background, Greek Orthodox, you might be too, totally familiar with this, but other traditions don't know it. But this is sort of six-week period, 40-day period, right. leading up to Easter. And uh, we have uh, worked on a unified uh, experience where for Easter, uh, we are recruiting hundreds of churches in Kansas City that are going to be joined together doing exactly the same thing. Right. And uh, they're going to be teaching through the Gospel of Mark mm-hmm. all in the same week over an eight-week period with an introduction. It's going to be great. Right. Like, all about Jesus. And we're going to be forming thousands of these watching groups across mm-hmm. the city, uh, watching this film, uh, gospel film on the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, word for word and having a discussion about it. And then hundreds of thousands of people engaging in this listening experience mm-hmm. through uh, Matthew, Luke, and John, 10 minutes a day for 40 right. days, all centered around Jesus. And all these churches right. are piling on right now to uh, to do this together. Mm-hmm. But but the beauty is, is that these experiences are in about 1,500 different languages. Yep. And in Kansas City, there are 65 different languages spoken in the schools of our city. Many people did not know that. The third most spoken language in the schools, right. in the homes in Kansas City, no one will guess it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Somali. <laughs> Somali. And so uh, we are a very diverse city, not only in skin pigmentation, right. but in, uh, in, 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 in tribes and nations. Mm-hmm. And so we are inviting in uh, these different groups. And yeah. I was at one of the recruiting events and uh, you were at, yeah. at another one, and I, yeah. I, maybe tell your about your experience. Yeah, it was with this. just uh, just a week ago. I was at one of these events where it was very specifically designed to pull together leaders from churches of different ethnicities, very specifically. Mm-hmm. And so we walked into this room, and uh, I met a couple of guys who were Sudanese, and um, I met a gentleman from Ethiopia and uh, Lebanon and Egypt and Mexico, and we're all seeing this room and. It didn't even occur to me till this morning as we were kind of thinking about preparing mm-hmm. for this podcast. Just I just had this vision of, 
that was so beautiful. Yeah. It was so powerful. And the thing about it was, as we all sat in this room together, nobody was thinking, oh, that guy's a black guy, you know, yeah. or that there's a, there's a, you know, a Mexican woman. It was, it was just like, we're all nodding our heads going, this is the yeah. coolest thing on the this planet. Is the, the most beautiful thing, thing versus yeah. the opposite. And that's what Christ does. Right. And so we're putting, uh, we're putting some real action to this belief system here. And so we really want you to get ready for it. Uh, the one experience. You can go to onekc.bible to kind of mm-hmm. take a look at the plan that is unfolding. That's all kind of emerging right. out of the Westside family mm-hmm. and our passion to John 17. Right. Everything we do, John 17, because it was the passion of Jesus, right. therefore it's the passion of ours. If Jesus right. cares about it. So that's the first one, is the is the one campaign. That's going to be Easter. And it's uh, not just in Kansas City. No, it's not. Yeah, hey, thanks for bringing that up. Um, we've got uh, several other uh, cities around, uh, urban cities around the world. Uh, first of all, it was actually started with a group of believers in Hong Kong, right. which is a lot of diversity in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. if you've never been there. And so we've got uh, over 300 churches in Hong Kong. We've got the uh, Accra, Ghana, which they're actually spreading it through the whole uh, uh, country of Ghana, mm-hmm. uh, which was so cool uh, because we have people here from Ghana, and they can't believe that you know their homeland is doing this. Mm-hmm. We've got this a city called Ansan, uh, South, South Korea, Korea. Mm-hmm. which is right south of Seoul, Korea. It mm-hmm. is their, uh, their mig- migrant city mm-hmm. where migrant workers are coming in. So right. lots of, they pick the most diverse uh, city that they have. Right. And, and because of the language, we've got um, Singapore, uh, Malaysia and Indonesia that are now a part of this whole thing wow. and it is super exciting and I just can't believe that, 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 that there's anything but a big smile on the face of Jesus right now going like this is John 17 right. on steroids yeah. Yeah. hundreds of churches hundreds of hundreds churches, of churches. We're, we're, we've got 135 churches right now right in now. Kansas City and yeah. our goal is 300, 300 yeah. and you're talking about hundreds of churches all around the world of every imaginable language all tracking together hearing the gospel in their what we call it their heart language mm-hmm. which is their 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 native language or the language that's their first language tracking together for this entire journey and I, I can't wait to share stories of what's happening in Hong Kong and Singapore and Accra, Ghana and here in Kansas City as God is binding us together in the beauty of that kingdom vision, that heavenly vision yeah, that yeah. John has yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And just that gospel saturation that's happening, the unity that's happening. And praise God, let that be a seed yeah. for other cities and other nations around yeah. the world. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. It is at the very heart of this conversation of what the solution really does look like. And, uh, you know, Westsiders, you know, you're awesome people. Uh, one of the things that drove me uh, to come to Kansas City mm-hmm. was Westside Family Church's passion for the Big C Church yeah. and, uh, and a heart f- uh, of uh, everything's about Jesus here. Mm-hmm. Loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, sharing Jesus. That's pretty cool. The second initiative is a, a very specific partnership with Macedonia Baptist Church. Right. And, and we talked about that, um, you know, right after the George Floyd in- uh, incident. It was mm-hmm. very touchy because a lot of people, you know, were very guarded in that. And Mm -hmm. we had a lot of conversation from that. But I can tell you that Pastor John Brooks uh, falls in the same camp as Tony Evans and Miles McPherson in that it's a Christ-centered vision. It's not this critical race theory kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. It is all based upon Jesus. And so uh, we've got an initiative, and I I won't tell you everything about it, but we are building relationship for two years now. It would have been, uh, and and we're going to plan on doing it again. We've gone to the Go Underground uh, 
a, a Christian uh, a dance theater that's right. at the Kaufman in February, mm-hmm. and and we keep expanding it. We have dinner together, we have conversations afterwards, right. and we're building relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, and and then from the foundation of relationship, we can then go after uh, the things that that uh, really cripple both congregations. And right. we're going to have an initiative in the summer. Oh, hold on. <laughs> We're going to have an initiative in the summer that's going to tackle something that's troubling both of our congregations, mm-hmm. and that is is that the marriages are in deep trouble, particularly right. with COVID. And at the very root of the families being in trouble is that marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to take on an initiative in partnership with them to really mutually mm-hmm. tackle uh, the need to strengthen uh, uh, marriages in Christ wow. so that they can strengthen the family. And once the family is rocking and rolling, generationally speaking, it'll address poverty issues, mm-hmm. it'll address generational sin issues, it'll address a lot of things. So we're getting down to the very root. We just had a two-hour meeting with them, and it's coming together, and it's just the beginning wow. of a partnership. And our vision, and this is the vision of an organization called Unite KC, of which mm-hmm. we're a part of, is led by Jimmy Dodd of Pastor Serve and uh, Dayton Moore, the general uh, manager of the Kansas City Royals, who are super passionate about this. We've come alongside of them, and they are looking to uh, uh, Westside Family Church and Macedonia Baptist Church uh, creating a visible, living model of what Christ was talking about. So that's the mandate that we've been given, and so we're going to need a lot of prayer. Boy, that's exciting. And you just think about, you know, what does God command us to do? He says to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And as we love our neighbors, right, we're fulfilling Jesus' heartfelt prayer here in John Mm -hmm. chapter 17. Because what does love do? Love covers over a multitude of sins. And it's not to deny that people have had egregious uh, hurt and wounding in the legacy of of racism in the United States. No one is denying that any of those things has happened and that it is real and people are still carrying the hurt with them. Things that have happened to their mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers that are still alive today. This is a living memory of things that have happened in our country. But at the body of Christ, right? You don't you get unity by more hate. You don't get unity by more hostility. You get uni- unity through love. You get healing and reconciliation mm-hmm. as we love one another, as Christ has loved us. Mm-hmm. And it covers over those sins. It gives us an opportunity for mutual understanding to step out of our shoes into the shoes of someone else who we love and care for yeah. to understand where they're coming from. And in the name of Jesus, let's go ahead and be bound together. Yeah, you know, the word compassion, you know, is um, the word passion means suffering. And mm. the concept of com- compassion means to suffer alongside or to suffer with. Right. And compassion sometimes is giving somebody a tangible thing that helped them. But, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, sometimes it's just sitting with somebody and entering into that suffering with them. Yeah. And the reality is, I mean, let's just call it out, if, uh, if, if you and I, Troy, ha- had a, a heritage where our, rel- our, our ancestors, and, you know, were treated the way that uh, African Americans have been treated, uh, um, we would feel very differently than we do. And what I think Jesus is inviting us to do is enter into their suffering, Mm -hmm. enter into it. Not with critical race theory and, you know, all of this thing to try to debunk the nuclear family and all that kind of stuff, but enter into it, enter into it and, and, uh, and develop a relationship. And I think when, that doesn't just deal with it, when when people know that you see them, Mm -hmm. when people know that you've entered into their suffering, when people see a tear in your eye, because you can't imagine that would have been your story. And 
and they sense that you have a relationship with them and you get it, then you move past it. Mm-hmm. You move past it, and uh, and I think that's what ultimately Christ is calling us to right. do. Well, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61 at the beginning of his ministry when he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news Mm. to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty Mm. to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And as Christ followers, we follow Jesus into the spaces where he would go. Yeah. We follow him into people's hurt. We follow them into their need, not with, you know, sanctimonious words and empty, you know, oh, you're going to suck it up and do better, mm-hmm. but actually to go in and like you explained with compassion to actually attempt to understand truly mm-hmm. their perspective and not write it off. Mm-hmm. But and at the same time have that mutual understanding a perspective that they maybe they could help under get a little bit into your shoes mm-hmm. understand a little bit about where you're coming from and somehow in the midst of that jesus births healing and he births unity and he births the kingdom of heaven here on, on earth. earth yeah i can't think of anything better to wrap that up with than a beautiful <laughs> declaration from isaiah the prophet right oh my goodness because that really does add uh inspired words from god to the vision that we've just been talking about and and uh, and uh, uh, and the hope that we have, and I know that uh, John Brooks is, as a pastor, this is their heart as well. Right. You know, they don't want to spend the next ten years talking about you know the colors of our skin. They really don't. They yeah. want to get on uh, with reaching people for Jesus. They mm-hmm. they really want to get on. We're talking about some really profound uh, mutual partnerships. Right. Uh, and uh, but we do have to have a relationship right. and uh, and crossing, you know, as we say here in Kansas City, crossing Truth Street, you know, that great uh, divide street yeah. uh, that um, that divides um, um, uh, what right. we are all about. Matter of fact, one of the things, well, uh, one of the things, there's uh, there's a wonderful talk um, that a guy named Matt Farmer gives on the mm. history of racism in Kansas City, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, we can get him to film that and that that, right. that we can be much more mindful of it. Uh, of the history of our city. There's a a lot of troubling things and a lot of strongholds uh, that this generation can tear down. But at the end of the day, we want to end on the beautiful vision of Isaiah. Right. Well, and whether you're here in Kansas City or you're somewhere else in the country or around the world listening to this, just know that in Jesus... Nothing is impossible. It may look impossible on human terms that there's going to be some kind of healing and reconciliation, even in our own country, because things are so hostile and so contentious. It just seems like the divide is too great. Mm -hmm. But with man, it might be impossible. But in Christ, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. happen. And let the church, let us lead the way out of love and understanding and a mutual sense of not only do I want to offer something to you, but I want to learn something from you and I want to become better. Let us make one another better in the journey. So Randy, you know, these things don't get any easier as we go, Mm. but they're really important. They are. And they're really, uh, they're really beautiful and Mm. valuable. And I, and we hope that you're getting something out of this. You're being encouraged. And, and if you're someone who's on the other side of, of the conversation and you're feeling like, your hurt has been minimized in some way. That is not our intention no. at all. At the end of the day, our framework is the love of Jesus, his compassion mm-hmm. and his heart and his healing that he offers to all of us. And even in our, you know, conflicted persons and our, our uh, 
blind spots, the things that we don't understand about where you're coming from, you have a Savior who does. Yeah. Who has felt every hurt that you have felt, who understands your story better than any of us ever could. And he is entering into that, and we're going to attempt to follow him yeah. as he goes there. So uh, next week, we dig into another culturally relevant topic. <laughs> <laughs> what does Jesus have to say about the sanctity of marriage? Mm. We look forward to having that conversation <laughs> and just seeing what the scripture has to say. <laughs> God bless you guys. Take care. We hope the conversation has challenged you and perhaps sparked some new ideas. If you'd like some additional notes and helpful links, visit the episode page at westsidefamily.church slash podcast. And if you have questions, we'd love to hear them. Our last episode of the season, we'll devote an entire show to your questions. So you can also tell us what topics you'd like to hear and discuss in the future. Thank you for joining us today and God bless you.